Welcome to Live Yes with Arthritis from the Arthritis Foundation. You may have arthritis, but it doesn't have you. Here, you'll learn things that can help you improve your life and turn no into yes. This podcast is part of the Live Yes Arthritis Network, a growing community of people like you who really care about conquering arthritis once and for all. Our hosts are arthritis patients Rebecca and Julie, and they're asking the questions you want answers to. Listen in. Welcome to the Live Yes with Arthritis podcast. I'm Rebecca, an occupational therapist living with rheumatoid arthritis and osteoarthritis. And I'm Julie, a JA patient who's passionate about making sure all patients have a voice. So thanks for joining us on our episode today. We are excited to talk about physical activity and how it can help us in managing our arthritis pain and how to build that into your routine every day to make it a habit. I think it's not always easy to do. The weather is so great right now for me that I'm getting outdoors more and have been on some hikes on the weekends. And so it's difficult to try to find those times of day to get moving, but it's the perfect time of year to do it. That's right. We know that 2020 has changed the landscape so much on how we exercise, where we exercise, and when we exercise. We want to encourage you to follow the guidelines in your state so that you can exercise safely, the safest way for you. But we do want to talk about ways that we can get started in moving and adding in some movement into our day. And importantly, finding places to exercise safely for you and your body. That's why we're so excited to have our guest today, Dr. Cedric Bryant, the Chief Science Officer at the American Council on Exercise. He makes sure to help advance ACE's mission and impact by staying at the forefront of applied physiological research, exercise training methods, and health and fitness trends. Welcome to the podcast, Cedric. Thanks for joining us. It is my pleasure, Rebecca. Thank you for having me. So we're going to kick it off with just some questions about how we get and stay motivated to exercise. And I want to just pick your brain. How do we make sure that we're working hard enough when we're exercising? How do we measure intensity, heart rate, all of these metrics that are kind of confusing for us? I think many people are confused as to how much and how hard and so forth. And one of the real reliable techniques is the simple talk test. It's, it's a great gauge for cardio exercise. And real simple rule of thumb is you should be able to talk comfortably but not sing. And that really will put you in a, a moderate dose of exercise, which will be very results-producing. Now, with regard to resistance training or strength training, you want to ideally select a load that feels somewhat or moderately heavy that allows you to perform about 8 to 15 repetitions of the given exercise movement while using proper form. I love a talk test. It sounds like I should be exercising with a partner, though, because I think if I'm talking to myself at the gym, <laughs> it might sound like a crazy person. <laughs> <laughs> exercise with a buddy. Yeah. How long should the physical activity itself last? Well, I believe one of the most significant updates in the most recent uh, physical activity guidelines that were released in 2018 is the clear demonstration that any and all movement counts because the benefits of physical activity are cumulative. 
some exercise is better than none, while more is better than some. So wherever you are, start by just simply to kind of borrow the old ads from Nike rather than just do it, just move it. So when we say just move it, I love that because it's about moving your body and staying active is what you're saying, right? Absolutely. Exercise can be quite an intimidating notion for for many people because many people associate it with things that are, you know, painful, very challenging. And what we know is that all movement really results in either improvements in mobility, helping you to better manage your stress, helping you to improve cardiovascular function. So it really is just as simple as just moving it. So Cedric, can you walk me through what one minute of movement might look like? One of the things that I try to encourage people to do is to look for ways to incorporate physical activity into your normal daily routines because it tends to be something that we can sustain over time. And that's really the real secret is to adopt that activity and and maintain it over the course of one's lifetime. And so, for example, one of the things that I do is if I'm on a conference call, I've purchased a, a good quality headset so that I can move around and walk. I can do knee bends. I can do arm circles, different types of mobility exercises while I'm talking on the phone. Another way to incorporate movement is during when you wake up in the morning is the you know first thing when you're going in, say, to brush your teeth, maybe do some deep knee bends or, or squats while you're brushing your teeth. So it's, it's all looking for ways to integrate movement into what you already do. How do we make sure that the movements that we're doing in those minutes of you know movement are ones that count, like knee bends and squats? How do we make sure that those are the right kind of movement versus something that might hurt our joints or something like that? It's important to understand your body and, and being able to listen to your body's correct and identifying what challenges that you have in terms of if you're a person who has, say, knee osteoarthritis, you may have to limit how deeply you do your squats or your knee bends. And so it's really all about being in tune with making sure that you stay within a proper range of motion and that you maintain proper alignment. The Arthritis Foundation has its Walk with Ease program that can give people some guidance on our website. And we have an exercise library that demonstrates how to do exercises for all the various segments of the body. Well, that's great. And I think one of the terms that you use is physical activity snacks throughout your day. Is that right? That is correct. I love the notion of just finding little times and moments to be physically active because one of the things that I think any person in our society is tends to be pretty time pressured. And one of the most frequently given reasons for why people don't engage in physical activity on a regular basis is a perceived lack of time. So I like the notion of let's just start with small snacks that are easy to incorporate, that are easily digestible, if you will, a couple minutes here, a couple minutes there, and it all adds up over time. Yeah, as an OT, that's one of the things that I recommend and try to tell other OTs and PTs to teach patients with arthritis is build it into a routine because then it becomes a habit and then you're just doing it every day. 
One of the things that I do every morning is I wake up and I do some range of motion and stretches while I'm still laying down before I even sit up at the edge of the bed. Because if I don't um, stretch out my calves and my legs and my hips, it is harder for me to stand up on the side of the bed. And then when I get in the shower, I am doing some shoulder range of motion under that hot shower and it feels so good. And so I just kind of do that as part of my routine. And I think once you start building that, you're getting physical activity. That's absolutely correct. And I, I, I think on one of your previous podcasts, I heard you talk about having your dance parties, <laughs> which I think is awesome because to me, what that, what that suggests is that you're having fun and enjoying that movement experience as well, which I think is critical. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And I really like to start my morning in that joyful movement space. And one of the things that I think is intimidating about minutes of motion snacks and movement snacks is I don't necessarily know how to do a proper squat or a proper jumping jack or calf raise or something like that. And I often think to myself, well, yes, there are online resources available all over the place that I can kind of watch, but I want someone to look at what I'm doing and correct when I'm doing it wrong and help guide me and teach me and how I can do that. What kind of resources exist in the world that I could find someone to give me that one-on-one support? Well, you could certainly find an appropriately trained and certified personal trainer to make sure that your exercise routine is designed properly, that you perform your exercises properly. You really want to look for someone who has a certification that's been accredited by the National Commission for Certifying Agencies. And then regarding experience, I think you want to find someone who is familiar with clients who have profiles similar to yourself. So if you're an individual impacted by arthritis, ideally you want to find a trainer who has experience in working with individuals impacted by arthritis. Check for that there's a good personality fit because it's it's called personal training for a reason in that you have to be able to establish a personal connection between the client and the the trainer. And, And also, I think it's important to make sure that the trainer that you're working with understands that it should be client first, trainer second in terms of how the relationship is managed. They need to really have good active listening skills to understand what your needs, desires are, and make sure that they're focusing on how they can guide you to accomplish what you want and make sure that your trainer has liability insurance in the event that something unexpected should occur, that they have appropriate coverage so that you are covered. The last thing is make sure that you have a detailed discussion around their fees, their cancellation policies. Wow, those are some really great tips. I I really love that. Yeah. My favorite nugget in there (laughs) is that it's patient client centered and it's true. And and also having that relationship that you are comfortable enough. You want to have somebody who can really understand the disease process of arthritis, no matter what type that you have. And I want somebody in a training situation to be able to look at me and say, I can tell that you're hurting even though you won't say it out loud. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just being able to have that open, honest conversation about, you know what, this doesn't feel good and it's not really working. And then having someone who can actually help you adjust and adapt. Right. I have one more question about personal trainers. Sure. What does that relationship look like? And how long should I 
think about setting up a relationship with a trainer? Is it one session that I work with them? Is it six? Is it a year? That is an excellent question. If you're relatively experienced and you just have some questions regarding some exercises and you're looking kind of for a tune-up, then maybe it's just one, one session to help you answer those questions. But if you're relatively new and you want some guidance and, and setting up your program and, and perhaps providing some external sources of motivation, then you might work with the trainer a couple times a week over a, over a period of you know eight to 10 to 12 weeks. But you really want to make sure that that trainer is looking to give you the necessary instructions and tools and capabilities to graduate to being able to feel confident enough to train on your own. And then how the relationship will change is that if you need to come back in for, say, a checkup or a tune-up, you might do that periodically. But at some point, you should be working with the trainer who's looking to graduate you toward independence. So one of the things that can be intimidating too, so people want to become more physically active and get started. And there's so many different types of gyms that you could join. And some people feel like that's something they need to do or want to do. Can you provide some tips on selecting the right type of facility? Probably the most important consideration is location because there's been quite a body of research to suggest that if it's more than four or five miles from someplace that you are frequently finding yourself, whether it's near your home or near where you work, the odds of you going on a regular basis diminish greatly. And so I'd say location is extraordinarily important. Look at the time in which you plan to go to work out and see how crowded it is when you plan to work out. See if, the, if that's an environment that you would feel comfortable in. Look at the culture of the gym in terms of paying attention to the other members and see if it's an environment in which you'd find yourself comfortable working out in, or is it body beautiful? Pay attention to the equipment. Is there a good variety of equipment? And if you have ideas in terms of what types of exercises you like, make sure that there's a good enough quantity of that equipment and exercises that you like. And then also check to make sure that all the equipment is well-maintained. And then finally, before you commit, ask for a trial membership or some guest passes so you can actually test it out or, or kick the tires, if you will, before you make your commitment. And one final thing is make sure that you read the contract carefully. I actually just experienced this. A new gym opened up that focuses on rowing, which I love to do. And I was really concerned about paying a membership if that wasn't going to end up being something good for me. They had me come try out. I did have to kind of pay that first month membership. But then I spoke to the, the general manager and said, you know, I have these health issues. I'm really not sure if this is the right thing. And he's like, how about you just try a month of classes? If you find that you're hurting more or it's too intense, then I will refund you the money. I can't hold mm -hmm. anything against you because of any of the issues you might have. And I wouldn't want you to cause yourself more pain. I want this to be an enjoyable experience for you. And I appreciate the fact that he was open to that. Not a lot of places are going to be that way. And you have to have that conversation. And that's why I think it's important for listeners to this podcast. I think it's essential that you understand that the contract allows you to have that graceful exit where you're not on the hook 
for extended payments for a service that you're physically not able to take advantage of. Yeah, and it turned out that I didn't join. I actually did a class and I did find that my shoulders hurt more after doing the first class I took. It was a more intense rowing class. And so they still hurt the next day. And so that was a sign to me that probably not the best choice for me. My wrists hurt right away, but that kind of went away after a couple hours. And so he was nice. I, you know, I didn't even really go to another class after that because I thought, you know what, overall, this is probably not the best fit for me. And I got my money back. So it was great. Yeah. I think that's one of the most difficult parts about really joining a gym or identifying the right classes, giving yourself the permission to be vulnerable with the Mm -hmm. instructor or the manager ahead of time and having that conversation. Rebecca, if you could share a little bit about how you framed that conversation when you approached them. And then Cedric, if you can share about what you would look for in a conversation from a client when they're raising some of those concerns for you and how you might respond. I called before I came and I said, I have rheumatoid arthritis, I have osteoarthritis, my spine's views, my wrists. So I'm a little concerned about whether or not this is going to be an appropriate place for me to come regularly. That's when he said, you know, Let's give it a try. And if it doesn't work out for you, I will refund your money because, you know, clearly you have health issues and I'm not going to hold your health issues against you. In terms of the response on the part of the uh, facility operator are exactly what I would hope for. That's really how a professional should respond in the situation. But I think a, a real important nugget for your listeners to capture is your ability to listen to your body's feedback. Because one of the things that many people aren't as attuned to is that, you know, following a workout, if I'm experiencing pain and discomfort and it's persisting, I probably need to think about doing something differently, whether it's reducing intensity, changing the range of motion, or simply it may not be the exercise fit for me. Yeah. And I think part of that too is, well, I'm an OT, so I kind of know (laughs) that, but I teach that to other people too. And therein lies a good reason to actually start with an OT or a PT. So I have braces that I wear on my wrists. I usually wear my wrist braces as a preventative measure to avoid pain if I'm doing something and I know I'm going to cause more strain on my hands and my wrists. And so Knowing how to protect my body when I do engage in physical activity is such an important piece. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the things that people, if you understand how to protect your body, then you know, well, is this pain from exercising or is this joint pain because I'm doing it the wrong way? Yeah. And I think that that speaks also to Cedric's point about finding a gym space where the community is really welcoming to you being a really important factor. Because in the same way that I might feel embarrassed talking to myself to do a talk test and figure out if this is the right intensity, I also sometimes feel embarrassed when I show up wearing my knee brace and my ankle brace and my wrist protection, right? So finding a place that's going to say, hey, good for you for doing that, rather than, oh, look at her, what's she up to? That's a a really important culture fit metric for me. Absolutely. You you want that culture to be one that's welcoming and encouraging and and inclusive. I would imagine that maybe working with a personal trainer can help you identify that right gym without having to do it all on your own. 
that is another service that the personal trainer can provide. They can give you guidance in terms of what would be a good facility fit for you because trainers know the cultures of the different gyms in your area. So that's an excellent suggestion. So it's fair to say then that you can work with a personal trainer to get started and then graduate into a gym membership that they might even help you select. Exactly. Yes. It's important to follow the guidelines in your local community to find a gym or a workout facility that is safe during the age of COVID. And it's important to know your own personal safety needs and limitations. It might not be right to start working out in a gym right now, but when the time comes and we are in a space where it's safe and healthy for you to work out in a community space, certainly refer to some of these guidelines for finding a gym that works best for you. There are so many new opportunities to participate in physical activity virtually. So many people offering free trials or classes online for free to get some videos. And so if that is a way for you to get in physical activity that makes you feel safer, then we encourage you to do that. The most important thing we encourage you to do is to move, move your body. Just move it. Just move it. In an unprecedented Arthritis Foundation study, 92% of arthritis patients told us that pain interfered with their day-to-day activities, like unbuttoning a shirt, getting in and out of the car, and walking. What are your limitations? Share your insights in our ongoing survey so we can help change the future of arthritis today. Take the survey at arthritis.org insights and be counted. So can you provide our listeners some tips on how to stay motivated to maintain a physically active lifestyle? Understanding the difference between motivation and discipline. First and foremost is kind of review your why for wanting to become physically active in the first place beyond just some of the typical goals in terms of wanting to get in shape or wanting to lose weight, but to things like managing pain for a purpose so that you can be able to move more, have better functions so you can enjoy more active times with your grandchildren, as an example. That deeper why will serve as a much more sustainable hook for keeping you in the game, if you will. I think the other thing, too, is to focus on small victories and just moving it and doing something, kind of focusing on the process in some of the early changes that can occur that I think people tend to ignore. Do I better handle the stress of of my daily life by engaging in physical activity on a regular basis? Is my mood better? Is my attitude better? Do I sleep better? All those things occur pretty quickly during that experience, whereas things like getting stronger, lifting more weight, losing weight, and so forth tend to take more time. And rather than trying to rely on discipline and willpower, I like to encourage people to focus on habit formation. During commercial breaks, you can march in place to incorporate more activity. After your morning coffee, say that I'm going to do 10 bodyweight squats or 10 counter push-ups. Look at the different things that occur in your life. When, when the phone rings, I after I finish that conversation, I'm going to get up and dance for two minutes. And so just really try to link a new habit with something that routinely occurs in my life as a way to kind of 
keep you being active rather than relying on discipline and willpower. Focus on forming habits. Yeah. And that building into your routine and making it habitual is the really important piece because then you're just doing it. One of the stories I love to share is my dad. My dad walked a lot for his job. And then when he (laughs) retired, he has this daily routine, which I find super endearing. He jogs while his coffee is brewing. That's great. (laughs) And I just think it's hysterical. He jogs around the living room, around the coffee table, the entire time his coffee's brewing. Instead of just sitting there, he jogs. And it's so habitual that he does it when he comes to visit me in Colorado. He does it when he's visiting my sister. He's always the first one up. He makes the coffee. Coffee's brewing. I jog. That's his tie-in together. It's great. Bravo to your dad. Yeah. He is a perfect role model. I mean, that, that's really what it's about, is looking for ways to incorporate those snacks of activity into our lives. And, and if you think about it, it, it adds up over time to where I'm sure your dad is probably, you know, getting in 20 to 30 minutes of activity just by being creative. Yeah, and he'll be 73. And so he's doing this every day, every day. I love that. Yeah. That's fantastic. I think the thing that's really endearing to your dad's story from my perspective is that it's really about finding movement that's joyful for him. He loved walking Mm -hmm. in his career. He's going to jog while he does his coffee. He's going to continue that thing that's joyful and fun. I think we all have those things. And it's just a matter of figuring out how to bake them into our day a little bit differently. And, And that's why I do think it's important to experiment with different activities so you can find those things that that you find joyful and that you like. Oftentimes, people don't experiment enough with different things. And so I like to to recommend that people try a class at the local rec center, whether it's a a swing dancing class or or what have you. Try a variety of, of movement activities until you kind of find the thing that really floats your boat, because there, there is something out there for all of us. Your insights into what it's like living with arthritis can make a life-changing difference for yourself and others. Help choose topics for future podcast episodes and change the future of arthritis resources and research. Take just a few minutes to make a change. Arthritis.org slash insights. For this podcast, Cedric, you gave us a little bit of homework, which is kind of fun. (laughs) You sent us an article about adding physical activity to your day. So can you tell our listeners a little bit about what is in that article so we can talk about it? Well, that article focused on how can one incorporate more physical activity kind of in your normal workday. So it depicted a, a number of activities that one can do in the work environment while working at a, at a standing desk to doing a variety of exercises using your office table to using a medicine ball or exercise ball for your chair. So you kind of work on developing uh, core strength and stability. It also talked about things like setting an alarm periodically to cue you that you've perhaps been inactive too long. And so you'll go and do a couple minutes of activity as kind of a, a break or a snack and solve things that were aimed at getting you to just to be more mindful about being intentional and purposeful 
in breaking up what tends to be a very inactive period of time for most of us, and that is the workplace, and turning it into a more active experience. Yeah, so it was kind of fun to do some of that. I actually do have a sit-stand desk. So I did try to, we're on a lot of phone calls for work. (laughs) I'm definitely on the phone more. And so I've been alternating meetings. So if I have a nine o'clock meeting, I will stand up for that one. And then the next meeting I have, I'll sit down. So that has been really great to try to do. But one of the things I've been trying to do now as well that you had in the article sent us is the calf raises while I'm Mm -hmm. standing. So I was standing, kind of stopped standing as much as I was, but now I'm definitely alternating standing with my meetings. I've included some of those calf raises and I think it feels so much better to do that at the end of the day. I don't feel like my lower back is hurting as much from doing some of those things and my hips, you know, just that Mm -hmm. posture that we take when we're sitting. So thanks for giving us a little bit of homework. Um, And the marching in place too, although I have to make sure that I'm not the one talking, that you're muted during the marching in place. (laughs) No, that's that's a good practical tip. But but one of the things that she touched upon, I think it's important because oftentimes people have this more is better mentality. And so if we talk about, for example, using a sit to stand desk, people will think, well, geez, if I stand all day, that's the best. And that really is not. You really need to intersperse sitting with standing because to stand all day is is very, very difficult. It's kind of everything in moderation, mixing it up so that you are kind of sitting and standing at different intervals. I think that's great. Cedric, thank you so much for this conversation. It's been really, really helpful to think about how to have a gateway in to real physical activity. If you wanted to leave our listeners with one or two of your favorite key takeaways that you want them to leave really incorporating into their life, what would that be? Okay, first and foremost is to focus on progress and not perfection. I love that. Just ordinary things done repeatedly lead to extraordinary results. So just a little bit better each day is really, I think, the mantra that I I hope that most people would, would adopt and then learn to listen to your body. And then lastly, look for every opportunity to move. Every opportunity to move. Just move it. Just move it. Exactly. (laughs) Thank you so much, Cedric. It was absolutely my pleasure. Thank you for what you do uh, for individuals impacted with various forms of arthritis. I think it's a wonderful service you provide. Thank you very much. This Live Yes with Arthritis podcast was brought to you by the trusted experts of the Arthritis Foundation. We're bringing together leaders in the arthritis community to help you make a difference in your own life in ways that make sense. You may have arthritis, but it doesn't have you. The content in this episode was developed independently by the Arthritis Foundation. Go to arthritis.org slash podcast for episodes and show notes. And stay in touch 